0: I just want to play sports again sports are for dorks sports aren't for dorks they're for winners you're right
1: they're for jorts they're for
0: jorks (laughs) we need to play tennis again yeah we can try yes we can but we're uh we're faced with a new threat a threat we can talk about when we actually clap off but but it it, we we are in a situation where it's us versus them isn't it always it's always that way okay clap me off Welcome back to Weology everybody. I am your Sports Hype Professor Ricky. Hey folks, I'm Prof E. We need to uh we need to jump back on our tennis game. We really do. Like we we used to we used to have that game on lock and uh Pre-pandemic, it was great, but like, do we have to like restring our whole thing because it's been sitting in the garage for three years? Yeah, my shit's a little musty. We'll have to restring all of that shit for sure. Oof! But we are we are now faced with a new threat. It's not the pandemic. Because during the pandemic, uh, where where we are located, they took the nets down for all of our local courts. But which now, now, like outdoor sport? Hello. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 And it's it's very strange because it's it's a sport that is. By design, socially distanced. Yeah, you're not close to each other. (laughs) No, no, no. Even doubles. Like you're you're more than six feet away. Like all that all that being said, we have not not the pandemic level net uh netless courts anymore. We have old boomer pickleballers. Who are absorbing our courts. Yeah. And it's really, really a scourge across this land. Fucking frustrating. Because every time we want to go play, they're like, oh, we rented these courts. And I'm like, bitch, go find a court your own size. Yeah, right, right, right. Like Pickle Mond- boy. Yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, and Sunday mornings are all pickleballers, I guess. Like right? all, <laughs> And they have all the money in the world. Use that boomer money to go like build your own fucking court. That's like what just I'm your saying. own pickleball complex. And I, I I believe me, you'll make buku dollars if you just go make a pickleball court. Right. Like a pickleball complex. Like you'll make so much cash. You know, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> Honestly, maybe we should do this shit. Frankly. Just to keep them away from our fucking courts. And we can use our skills to go be the best pickleballers that ever was. I'm an egotistical maniac when it comes to that shit. I will not be playing pickleball. I will. I will I will show those old men where they stand on this court. I, I have a fire in my gut about this kind of thing. But I speaking see. of egotistical fires in the gut sports <laughs> concepts, <laughs> yikes, we are talking about a show today that really leverages the individuality of sports rather than your typical collective underdog team story. And, I think it really had an impact not just on the anime space when it comes to sports, but the sports world just in Japan alone and even potentially internationally. And I, I want to say, and I will come in with one hot take to start, that I think this is one of the most subversive sports anime that, have come, that has come out of Japan, period. And I, I will die on that hill. Like, I, uh, you know, I don't know. I think it's a, definitely a sports anime, and I can't wait to see you defend that point. But you know what? Rip us off. What are we talking about today?
1: Today, we are talking about the much-promised by us You uh, really laid it down, last anime episode. from
0: last episode, yeah. which is Blue Lock. The 2022-2023 anime that was brought out by 8-Bit. If you don't recognize 8Bit, they're the one who did The Time I Was Reincarnated as a Slime. They really know how to do it. I think they they are akin to like a David production or a production IG where they are very tactful on where they put their budget. But I think, honestly, th- this is one of the more beautiful sports anime I've seen in a while. And uh, I don't know. First glance, how did you feel uh, about like the way that they, this show not just portrayed soccer as a sport but in my opinion subverted it.
1: Yeah, so first off I wanted to talk about like the structure of this episode. Sure. Um so since this is a sports anime and we didn't want to go into like every single I guess match or every single um I guess, training arc or whatever they're doing, right? Right, 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 right. Um, What we kind of wanted to do is we're going to talk about, like, very spoiler-free for the most part for the first maybe half of the episode, like, Blue Lock in in sort of its entirety as it is now from an anime perspective. But then the second half, we're going to talk about, like, anime's impact on sports in Japan and internationally, whether that be, like like actually causing people to play the sport or whether it is like a i guess an inspiration for pros which we'll see a lot in specifically in soccer
0: yeah for sure is
1: or i guess football football um, very big deal for like japanese um manga and anime has
0: has had a lot of impact and then in in uh, in other sports as well what's what's fascinating about this is that the context by which it initially was not only announced but released was around last year's World Cup, and I think that's important that that this wasn't the only soccer anime to try to capitalize on that uh, uh that timing and right there there is another there's another soccer anime that escapes me right now but uh, and I'm told that that one's quite good. But this one just happened to hit different for me from a narrative point of view. I, like I said, I don't think I've seen a sports anime lean into the way uh, uh, this this show did about the individual of a uh, trying to be the best that no one ever was kind of concept. And I uh, I think that this it's worth talking about sports anime as a concept seems to have a real effect on you know not just the anime space but like people who want to play sports like yeah. they literally will watch certain shows of certain sports and uh, uh young men of like high school and college like collegiate athletes will watch certain shows and be like yeah that's the fucking sport that I want and I want to see if this show actually captures uh uh that that uh attention grabbing element for its viewers so yeah.
1: Anyway, we're gonna do that probably like forty-ish minutes in. So if you want to hear that in particular, like you could skip ahead to that. Scrub and out, then, yeah. Scrub all the way down. Like, um, like we'll, we'll let you know when that actually happens. Right now, f- for Blue Lock, my initial thoughts, like, so it's sort of it's like adding the shonen aspect to like soccer.
0: One thousand
1: percent. Right. So it's very yeah. much like Kuroka no basket. If you have seen that, I know you have, but I yes, mean our course. audience, yeah. Um, it's very like super
0: super power version of a sport yeah um from a visual standpoint i don't think they're doing like coracle basket i don't think was ever the the characters are never doing anything super powered but the visual uh assistance in what the techniques and the shit that they were doing like high q is a is going to be one we bring up a lot in this episode because, like, I think that it was just a beautifully animated way to portray the sport of volleyball. I think Blue Lock, lo- uh, it, it aligns itself much more, like you said, with Coracle Basket, where it, it it feels visually a little more superpowered than it actually is, like what's happening on screen. But the they have uh, taken the time and the uh, uh, the care to make. The way that they portray these, like, like basket shots, like the corner, like, striker shots into the goal to make it look super-powered, but it's not exactly that. Like, it, it's still very well, grounded so in reality, I think. I think
1: both this, this show, Blue Lock and Kurokina Basket, is trying to amp up slash play up how difficult the specific moves that these characters are making that's a good point like and and then like frequently in this show at least the the characters will be like is he even
0: real you know Yeah, right right he's a fucking monster they keep calling people monsters it's very
1: much i think like a almost like a mental representation of like seeing
0: something so sick is like, fuck. It's something we don't talk about often. and I don't think a lot of people talk about sports anime in this particular frame, but there is a power system in this show. Let's not get it twisted. They're, yeah, it's called ge- being good at soccer. There's, yeah, yeah. there's genuinely a power system in this show. And I I think that this show does a very good job of highlighting that element where Q was more locked into the grounded elements of like, dissecting the game of volleyball this one does do some of that but they are more uh they're more aligning their care and their narrative into like each player has their gift within this power system of soccer right you have like certain characters that are good at dribbling you have certain characters that are good at like midfield shots there are certain characters that are good at jumping and headers and stuff like that and i i think that when you said that this show is like adding its shonen element to a sports anime, this is a masterclass in doing j- exactly that. Right, this feels like a tournament arc through and through, the entire thing.
1: Right. So the the main kind of idea of the show is there's this this soccer genius madman. Named Ego Jinpachi.
0: Is literally named Ego, by the way. (laughs) Who basically,
1: he takes all of the best sports, uh, you know, basically best strikers in the country. Um, And I think it's U20, I want to say, or U18 or something like that. I
0: think it's U18 because people reference like them playing U20 as like a flex. Okay. Yeah. So like them like, oh, I played U20 before is like kind of flexing their power level a little bit
1: sure so it's you 18 so like 17 year olds right um, and it takes all the best ones from all over the country and basically sends them all this letter saying you've you uh congratulations you're gonna be a certified athlete yeah um, basically pack up your bags and come to this this building called blue lock yeah and will, then you're, you're gonna have fight been ch- you've uh, been chosen right you've, you've, been been chosen. Tri- you've been chosen you will fight for supremacy in Absolutely. Blue Lock. and so basically what uh, Jimpachi Basically, he got everybody in the Japanese Sports Commission to basically agree to this because their World Cup team and basically just their national team sucks balls. Honestly, dog water as fuck. Right. Like, just absolute
0: um, mid across the board.
1: And there's, there's like standout players, like, sure, that are Japanese, but they all play overseas, of course.
0: Right, right, right.
1: So, anyway. And then they even, like, show a couple Japanese players early on that, like, play overseas that don't want to play for the national team because they're such dog shit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But the idea is I'm going to make the best striker in the world by forcing them all to battle to the death in this battle
0: royale. Not actual death, but... But but a bit of a bit ego of death, death, ego death, right a bit. So there are 300 of the best strikers from around the country that have come to this weird, like, like complex that he has on like a fucking mountain. That's like potentially government funded, like not potentially. like He literally got funding from the government to make this work. And he is forcing 300 players to whittle themselves down to one. His promise to these 300 players is that if you make it out of here as the winner, the sole winner amongst all 300 of you, you will be the world's best striker, like truly the world's best striker position in soccer. Full stop. We're done here. Like that's the whole thing. And I, I find that to be a really interesting prospect For a sports anime because of the element where like up top him setting the stage, it's clear that he controls the entire, not just like narrative, but like stakes, like people losing at certain contests, certain matches or competitions in the middle of this, literally this 21 episode tournament arc. And like there's potentially more to to be had here we, we have a show that is a sports anime through and through, but you don't have any camaraderie like it's like the premise up top is you will eventually betray anyone that you befriend.
1: Yeah, so his theory on why Japan's World Cup team sucks so assholy
0: Absolutely. is
1: that they are too much, too team oriented and not enough like the killer on the on the pitch out yeah, there just to score goals. We need a little bit of edge on that field. Right. They need he he basically is looking for that that egotistical maniacal monster striker. Um and so this whole the whole point here is to develop each of these players into just like basically the biggest fuck hole in the yeah, entire right. Yeah, like
0: absolute, like, like not that. That is the first part of why I think that this show is subversive in the sports anime space is because you look at Haikyuu, Shield, Prince of Tennis, anything, even Prince of Tennis is a great example because like tennis is at its core an individual sport. But if you watch Prince of Tennis, it's still about the team and the points and like, you're still playing in favor of your team and as someone who played tennis for a hot minute like i recognize that you're like trying to score points for your team's overall success this is not that this is absolutely about the individual and it's completely antithetical to any sports anime that i have seen up to this point they say Fuck the Japanese conception of com- collectiveness and teamwork, and the collective is more than this and than the sum of its parts and all that shit. But like, I love it. I love the idea of this because it's just even if we have moments of teamwork and camaraderie, ultimately they have to betray each other. They have to. They just have to within the context of the show.
1: Yeah, I think unfortunately it's poorly. Done. Okay, um, this is
0: this is. I do have some gripes on, on So yeah,
1: you take three hundred essentially offense players, and you in the first um, kind of challenge. This is like episode one. They basically make teams out of all of these players. Okay, and so certain players have to play defense. Certain players have to play midfield. Certain players have to play goalie, and so like right off the rip it's it i don't know if the point is to like if if you're so ego t- if you're like the ego player i'm looking for you'd never like debase yourself to play goalie or is it like he's just a dumb fucking moron because the whole first part is like kind of useless in my opinion because you've got a striker playing goalie against quote unquote the best strikers in the entire country so it's like, of course, yeah. they're going to score a shitload of fucking
0: goals. Yeah, right. <laughs> the right, guy right. has never played goalie in his life. So here is my first, like, not just—it's gr- almost like a simultaneous, like, uh, plus, but also gripe for this show is that the moments where it feels like these people are forming teams, ego, the guy who constructs this entire like set of like tournaments and challenges forces them to uh, become a team and we get endeared initially to team Z the bottom of the rung like literally it's alphabetic like team A is building one's best players but we're in building five and following the worst players by rank and the first thing I think of is a huge plus is that while we get those high Q feels like the like the coracle basket, the crows from high Q, we're feeling those like moments where these teams come together to overcome insurmountable odds. That's huge. That's awesome. Like that that's a traditional sports anime thing. But in the back of your mind, he's always had it set up that no matter what kind of camaraderie you as the viewer feel, they will have to betray each other at some point. And I think I will talk about a little bit later that this show does a good job of showing that uh they're reminding us that it's still an individual <laughs> tournament situation, right? Like people are going to betray each other to get ahead. But the gripe, to your point, it makes those moments feel hollow a little bit like they, they, they don't feel quite as hype or as camaraderie and that's completely not a word i know that's not a word but <laughs> camaraderie like like the crows collaborative in like, collaborative thank you collaborative <laughs> like as as whole wholesome collaborative like the crows and haiku um but team, i, I yeah. right i just think also he's going out there saying like
1: you know, be a dickhead. You know, the team doesn't matter. Yeah, be a dick because yeah. we're a we play like a team and care about the team. Like atmosphere is the reason that Japanese World Cup sucks. And then he his first challenge is make a team. It's like right off the rip. Also, like every single challenge as you go through the show, it's be, it's very rarely is it like an individual based thing. Yeah, and so, so. It like. Yeah, I don't quite get the
0: point. So initially, initially, I didn't get the point, I think, like because he was setting up a team. And I think the gripe for me is all these players didn't quite fucking get it, that they were that they're putting into teams and they didn't realize what he said the first moment they showed up is that one of you will walk out of here. And it felt like they completely forgot that when they got put into teams like, we we have to make this work for each other. Well, because if you were all playing your individual game, you'd lose. Exactly. Right. So, they, they, these people have <laughs> to find a way to, like, shine as strikers, but also play as a cohesive unit. I, I I I enjoyed that element of it. Like, how do we make each other shine to this overlord ego that is watching our every move and dictating our rank within this complex? But... It's only a little bit later that there are some certain moments, which I'll get into characters here in a second. But some characters really leverage that concept to a very interesting narrative degree. Like, I I think Kuan, which we can talk about a little bit later, really was the one who kind of caught on to the concept of all this. And he kind of was a dick in his own right, but for his own betterment, right, to get ahead. That's the whole point. That's the entire point of this fucking complex.
1: Yeah, I disagree. Oh, interesting. Well, you have to play together to win the game. Well, he saw it differently. Right. I I he, he was wrong. You think he was wrong? Okay. He was I I definitely obviously wrong.
0: I, I oh, he was obviously wrong, but I think I don't think from where he came from to come up with that plan was inherently it a, made sense. I'm just saying sense. it's like not
1: a smart way to do it they had just like started getting their shit together right right right, right. so anyway there's there's this i kind of issue i think with this show is first of all like every single one of these teams has 11 players so obviously not everyone's gonna get any spotlight of course so our our main team still only about half the people we even know right um and then like what's worse is like on other teams it seems like um, like ninety percent of the team is just subservient
0: to like the big stars, and i I think we see that's a common trope we do see shit, we saw it in high q right like certain teams like had their stars that everyone rallied around, right, but, but this th- is supposed to be the three hundred
1: best players
0: in the country that yes. all have
1: like egos to be the best, yes, and so I don't know if that was because they were trying to say like this is the problem with Japanese sports. Like, and I think it's also, like, just as a little, like, look into Japanese, like, culture and stuff like that. Like, the the idea of, like, having idols of high school and, like, shit like that is super weird to me in particular. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, he's he's the hottest guy in school. Let's all, like, you know, do whatever he wants. Or, like, the student president is, like... You know, our master is like so
0: stupid. I think an element of the collective nature of Japanese like teenage culture is that when someone elevates himself above the pack, be it in academics, be it in social settings, be it in sports, that... The collective he hangs out with the hottest guys. The he hottest goes guys. He hangs out with the people. He literally goes and does the best shit, and he has the best grades. So, like, all of that being said, the collective nature, the reaction to someone who stands out is to rally behind, and I think that's an element here, and we see it in so many sports anime shit. We see it in like sama Love Is War. Like people rally around the ones who stand above the pack and the collective nature of Japanese culture, like, you file in rank behind. And that's how you provide collective, is that everyone has a rank. Yeah, I
1: just think that this show could have been better if they're like, we're going to bake the best player at every position, and then this doesn't seem so fucking stupid. Because right. a lot of the show is even about, like, players that are individually good at, like, let's just say, I'm going to give an example of a player. Bashirah is phenomenal at, like, his dribbling and footwork. Yeah. But he's also, like, quite the facilitator as far as passing goes. Right. And if I recall correctly, and I've seen the whole thing, he's scored one or two goals. He had he,
0: one massive
1: goal. But he is, like, still being, like, touted as, like, the seventh best in the whole thing. And so the problem—he is a good midfielder. He is not a good striker because he's not out there just
0: trying to score goals every fucking time. And that's and that's kind of a—I think that's a huge gripe for me with this show—is that when you inherently put three hundred egotistical strikers in a situation where they have to form a team. They're going to inherently form. Well, they people. have to fall into other roles. Right, right. They have to fall into other roles and they can't shine. We have that one guy who's like just fucking in the back, and I have all the characters lined up right in front of me on my phone, and I still can't tell you who he is. I can't. What do you I, mean in the back? Well, he's literally the goalie the entire first half of the okay, show. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And can you tell me his name? No. Lord knows I can. And that's the rough part of this show where we we are following from the perspective of Yuichi Isagi and we we follow this from Isagi's perspective and we learn that this ego guy is trying to bolster all of their individual strengths we have certain characters like Gagamaru who is like this like agility god who can literally get to the ball no matter what like he's this insane kind of guy uh Chiguri, who is like the best sprinter on their team Z like to the point where he he had an ACL tear earlier in his life but rip he, yeah oh, literally R.I.P. rip his ACL but he was like a speed god he's a speedster and when he finally overcame the the uh I don't know like mental shackle sure yeah the mental shackles the anxiety of like tearing it again in fact it, there was a very gorgeous scene about like oh. the
1: chains all over his leg and like a mental shackles of like getting back out there and putting it all on the line yeah and then like he sort of forest gumps that shit
0: oh he literally just run for his runs like right? literally just his goes brace falls fall off ham, <laughs> and he like once he puts his the, i think the most beautiful scene for him that after he overcame the the fear of tearing his ACL again, he went full out and sprinted full out to get to the ball in one of those games. Like he had a goal and then landed on his front right like leg and like <laughs> his not, front right leg, not <laughs> his yeah, I guess not his, <laughs> his back guy, back right leg. <laughs> Not Holy his back shit. right leg. Yeah, this, horses play now? This guy runs like a fucking horse, yeah. like straight up. And he lands.
1: <laughs> that was just the funniest shit. Yeah. Your face when you said it is like you started like you knew I yeah, slight you saw smiling that and I'm like, like, oh no. Fuck,
0: I knew I fucked up on that one. But he lands on his right foot <laughs> with like so much determination. He lands there, like literally puts his entire weight on it. And he's like, fuck it. I'm done. Like, I don't care if I tear my shit again. Like I'm gonna run full out. I'm gonna use this leg until it drops. And the, the, again, this show has the traditional sports hype that you would expect from like a high Q or a coracle basket or an eye shield. Like you're gonna get some serious, serious hype. And I even feel like that the pace at which they feed that dopamine drip to you is more fast paced than other shows. Like from the moment we get from like episode five. Where uh, Isigi learns about his weapon. Like episode nine, he's learned like three other weapons. Like he's done a, like, like this show does a really good job of like keeping you very hooked on that hmm. shit. Uh, uh, thoughts on that shit? Yeah. So in my opinion, he doesn't really like kind of
1: pick up his pace until much farther into the show. I think honestly, too long into the show, he spends too, too many episodes being like utterly fucking useless. Really, um,
0: I don't know if he was completely useless initially.
1: Absurdly useless. Once he he so he learns his like spatial ability, or yeah, learns right, right. of it, okay. and then he also learns of his like. Well, you're probably not even like too far into the when he learns his like attacking strength. Oh, dude, this this I yeah, I'm I'm far enough into that to and know. Then yeah, he, he like basically learns. Oh, I gotta like run off the ball and like be in a good position to make goals too and it's just like holy fuck has this
0: guy ever played soccer before i i, I wonder though because we get it for shoto we get it from shoto in high q where he's he, he has all this like raw athletic ability but he's like picking up like really basic volleyball shit And I'm wondering if this is not just an analog of a character like that where he has this raw natural gift, but he has never thought to apply it to soccer in a more meaningful way. So I'm feeling as if this is like an analog to like a Shoto. I just didn't feel like I ever got that from him. I just feel like he's like
1: actually fucking dumb.
0: I think it's because
1: Shoto who like literally has not had the opportunity to play volleyball. That and I think that's it right, right. there.
0: Is that this 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 Isagi, guy's been playing? isigai guy's been playing and he failed and he wants to like up his game, but it's not like Shoto who's been like I'm too I'm literally have been too short to play this game and like he he's um, been restricted from playing the game. He's been restricted because
1: he couldn't get a team to play. Was was Shoto's issue? Beside the point. Sure what i found good about it though is like once he starts like evolving he does like really pick up pace but it doesn't happen until like later half of this first season yeah um so that's kind of unfortunate for like early 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 show i was pretty frustrated with his particular like pace of growth yeah um okay which of course like your main character can't walk in as like God, like the best player, right? Obviously, he has to have something different. Well, he has to like be able to grow, right? Right, which I mean, is like all shown in all the time, right? Yeah, right. Um, right, right. but w- one thing that was kind of like I thought good ish about it was at least his ability is like it, like spatial awareness is something that is tough, like for people to understand i think obviously like if you have it you have it and if you don't you don't kind of thing but it's also hard
0: to harness it in a very conscious way right that i i've i feel as though that they're i think like if you were uh, what 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 like sport do you feel as though that like you know you've played in the past where like you've done enough of it where you're like finally aware of all of your surroundings. For me there was a moment in tennis for me where I'm like, okay, I know if I hit this ball, I can hit it on this side of the court and then I know that they can hit it at this side. I can start to like form a pattern with tennis. Like I can form like in this show Isagi like can like start to simulate in his head certain plays and how things are going to play out based on the players in the field and their strengths and all that. I feel like I've had those moments in tennis. And I don't think I've ever been nearly good enough to harness that. But like, <laughs> I've definitely been able to like, OK, I can hit it in this side and then they hit it this side and I go that way. But I can't like I could never like actually enact on that. And I think this show does a good job of someone who has overcome that and then start to harness like enacting on the spatial awareness that they know that they have of the sport. It's almost as if like it's, it's a moment of mastery. You know, just moments, little glimpses of mastery.
1: Yeah, I, I, but like once again, I think one annoyance slash struggle I have with the entire series is that would all make sense if you were also playing against like World Cup caliber goalies. Yeah, because all these guys are yeah. just scoring on essentially open nets.
0: Well, they do kind of sort of uh, rectify that a little later in the show. Right, but like the they the also Simulated don't... based on World Cup goalies. I never heard the based on World Cup goalies thing. I, I, I thought he said like... I thought Ego said that, that he had based the uh, simulation goalies on like World Cup statistics. Okay, maybe... Like, like he had, he, it was definitely a throwaway line to that one chick who like helped him fund this show. Oh, shit. Henri? Yeah, Henri. Yeah, absolute baddie, by the way. like <laughs> Yeah. Ba- like, Except yeah. he just
1: like calls her stupid as shit, like every time he talks to her, which is like.
0: Disrespectful. How dare he's you? He's just negging her, you know? Just, he, oh yeah, he's negging her. I think this entire show is actually a rom-com where he's like, ego is just trying to get, trying to bag the girl. I don't think he has any. No, of course he doesn't. Any desire whatsoever <laughs> of to doesn't. have
1: any sexual
0: relations with a girl. No, he, he um, wants that striker. He's horny for soccer. <laughs> That's all he wants. One thing I wanted to ask you, yes. because I've... Well, I watched dub
1: first of all, but second of all, I skipped every single backstory because I couldn't give two fucks about these players at okay, all. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I wonder, like, did you feel the backstories were additive to it? or Because they'll, they'll show you, like... A lot of characters either the ones that are about to lose and never be able to play soccer again and then sometimes they'll show you like players that are on our team that we care about and like they will be with us
0: for a while you know man like i you you got me thinking because like i i've had this thought and i think it's it's really uh, ca- uh character by character basis like Shiguri like absolutely additive like his whole ACL terror, that entire backstory, was completely additive. The moment he absolutely unleashed his mental shackles and went full dead sprint was so fucking hype for me. But uh, but I also think his was the best integrated into the story. Of course, of course. But that's what that's what I'm getting at. Right? right, is that Kuan had his own backstory and it was completely a dud. Couldn't tell me. you. Yeah, <laughs> like, skip yeah, that bitch. Yeah, like it it was a dud for me. But like. Uh, plus 10
1: seconds plus 10 seconds plus plus 10 seconds seconds.
0: yeah just keep poking that shit on verve that's that was what i watched on but like kuan like his whole shtick was that he was like he had insane jumping ability and he his, his ability to like meet people in a contest when the ball came above neck like he could head it away that was fine that was cool his backstory was trash but also like There was a moment where he betrayed his team because he scored a hat trick. And then in the second half, he let two goals come through because he realized that the top scorer of any given game will progress no matter what. So he got a hat trick and then played for the other team in that game against like Team X, I think. And it was 12 on 10. He got clapped. So not only was his backstory trash, his. The moment where the backstory should have hit and why he flipped, like he was so determined and ready to do anything to make his way to the top and be the best and get the points. it it just None of it landed for me. None of it. And I I
1: think that's where... Well, it was like doubly bad because his actual backstory was he was too intense for his teammates. And so they're like, we don't like teaming with you. Yes. And it's like... Now you're in a situation where you have really fucking intense teammates that want to be the best. Right. Wouldn't you like, I don't know, try... Want to match that a little bit? It just seems like it was kind of an unnecessary and stupid backstory. And then there's there's quite a few other ones where I just, I could not give too, too less of a fuck because yeah. I'd rather just watch them breaking the their limits... Like I almost view this and and this you tell me if you had any like feelings of this too. Sure, sure. This is like black clover soccer.
0: A little bit, yeah. Because, because like, like you
1: they'd be like breaking their limits every fucking episode. And I'm like, fuck yes, let's do it. Yummy fucking jerk well, because it
0: was engineered to do so. Right. It was putting them in situations where every single back was against every single corner. Like everyone was like fighting for their careers, their right. livelihoods. Like that that is what ego set set up blue lock to be. I
1: guess we'd never really said that if you lose out of blue lock you are essentially banned from soccer ever again. At least on a professional level, yes. Yeah. Like they
0: at least that's what we were told. Like watching it all the way through, uh there's been no the nece- n- n- like proof necessarily that that's a real thing. But that is what ego has told every player here is that if you leave here Your career will be capped.
1: Your dream is ended. Yeah, your
0: dream's dead, man.
1: So, does that mean there's going to be a blue lock just for goalies, a blue lock just for
0: midfielders? Or if he was smart, that's exactly how this should go. Yeah. Like there should be other blue locks for other positions. I think he would genuinely build the world's perfect team through, I don't know, some. Kind of questionable eugenics situation going on here. (laughs) Like, like he definitely would like build the best eleven man squad that could ever have existed on the field. But all that being said, to your point, I think a show like this, while it does subvert the Japanese collective sports mentality, it really does a disservice to certain characters because it's a it's a show's or rather a narrative that is built around someone edging everyone else out. And I don't know if sports anime is necessarily ready for a narrative like that because these characters were built as if they should have been in Haikyuu where everyone had a role to play and everyone had like a cog and a well-oiled machine, but it's a show where you're not a 11 man machine. You have to walk away as one person. And while I think it's subversive, I don't know if the character writing really met that for me. So it's <laughs> well, it's weird. It's weird. I just, you know, we're not really going into,
1: into like detail, but I did think the later half of the show was significantly better than the first half of the show. Oh, absolutely. And that's yeah. when they started paring down from like a full 11 man squad to like, three on three two on two four on four five on five right right. and and they
0: and they let some of the positions be handled by ai like those like the goalie was right goalie would be ai yeah when you don't have to worry about manning an entire team you can just be a squad of three strikers right that's like when i i love i love rocket league and when i play duos that shit is where it it, it it takes off because it's like two strikers against two strikers. Right. When you have a team of four on four, it's like, yeah, someone has to play goalie and you have to play some defense and it's it's a whole different game. But when it's two on two in a game built for four on four, yeah, yeah, everyone's a striker. So in a game built for 11 on 11 and you make it three on three and they don't have to worry about the goalie. Yeah. Now we're getting into some serious shit.
1: Yeah, I was yeah. surprised there wasn't like more team dysfunction. Like once again, I'm not sure if that was based on the fact that they were trying to say like Japan is like so willing to fall into these like subservient roles I and think be that's team exactly players. What they're saying because what I would have expected is like you throw some bitch back in the goal and then you have ten fucking players shooting on goal. Yeah, you know 100%, what I mean? 100%. Just like 100%. full core press,
0: all all gas. All gas, no cap. It's literally everyone is trying to score a goal because their position in their mind is I'm going to score a goal. I'm striker. I am the striker. Like, that's the whole thing. So, you know, we're, 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 at, we're at the bit end of it. I, I think that everyone should watch this show. If you are a fan of sports anime, but you want a little bit something different. I think this show does get to the heart of that. Do I think it's a perfect formula to completely subvert the idea of sports anime? No, but it's one of the best attempts I've ever seen to be something different than your underdog team Like coming together to win the day, kind of thing. This is a show. But do you not think this could have been maybe better if you had it be like a legit battle royale? Like you will fucking die. I I don't know if we've gotten to that point yet because that is the inevitable end, right? we're we're going to inevitably whittle down to that murdering players. Oh, you want actual? No, I'm just
1: saying, like if you're going to go this far, quote unquote. Sure. (laughs) Why don't
0: you just be like, "I will kill you and your whole family if you lose the game." Just fucking murder everybody. Just murk them all is
1: what you want. Because they do play like mind games with the players, right? And so the question that I have is like, why not go full fucking Monty, right? (laughs) And just be like, yeah, we're gonna kill your whole family if you don't become the best. You know what yeah, I mean?
0: I, I I hear you. I hear you. So you're you're saying that if we're gonna go this direction where we are gonna subvert the collectiveness of Japanese sports concepts, just fucking murder people. Right. So you well, th- you don't have to necessarily do it, but just
1: threaten that you're going to threaten gonna that they will actually murder. Because like, how are you going to like how better to
0: make somebody evolve and become <laughs> the best striker when your mommy and poppy are on the line? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Make this goal against this team or your sister is going to get the bullet. Exactly. It's, right. Holy shit. Exactly. right. So uh, all that being said, this is a very good attempt at shaking up these Japanese sports anime world where you do not, you get moments where you feel like the team is coming together, but you know, in the back of your mind that they eventually will have to turn on each other. And I love, that's the one idea that I love about this show. And for that, before we get into more of the uh, meta commentary on sports anime, I'll give this an 84 out of a hundred soccer balls. I I think it definitely lives in the 80s. I think it's a little lower. I I, I don't know if it exactly can live up to the hype of like a high Q, but it's trying something new. And I think it's uh, I think it's worth the 80s all day.
1: I would say it's probably like a
0: 78. Just because the mm. first half is so horrifically bad. I don't know. And I, then, I, I don't think I took the, that first half as bad as you did. But I hear you. I, I do see you on that It one, was frankly
1: yeah. boring. And like you, you question why are any of these players on Team Z even fucking here? They're like completely
0: dysfunctional. But right. That's the thing. They're not meant to be functional. They're meant to be individuals. They weren't even doing that well. That's and right. They, and right there is the problem. Is that they were doing the, their our main
1: roles. character yeah. has absolutely zero fucking skills until he gets to like episode sixteen, and then he like finally starts getting like not horrible at the game of soccer and then you're like damn you really fucking
0: by the skin of your teeth my guy did you get through this but the way the way i see it is he's more of like a shoto character where he has these moments of brilliance and like the first moments he's like like when putting pedal to the metal like he has these moments of brilliance but he doesn't become consistent until like episode 16 i would say i
1: agree i think honestly the the idea of like ego like his whole thing is actually like really smart. Like, I think it is too. Like yeah, a, a lot of the stuff that he says, like makes total sense, like going from zero to one. And then you need like, who's going to be the force multiplier to make that one into a hundred. And, and I think the idea that he he speaks to in particular is like, find your formula. That's not like a lucky goal. Find yeah. your formula. That's a goal. Every fucking time you run down the field and like that kind of stuff makes a lot of sense and is really, really like a good option for like how to become a consistently good striker and consistently the best in the world. I think you you could potentially look at like real players' stats, like where they score from. A hundred percent. I think yeah. a lot of the times, honestly, it would probably follow like a heat map of like where all their goals are from. Yeah, they're for probably sure. from the same locations typically all the time. And I think even like Messi, like if you watch the World Cup and stuff like that this year. He was scoring from the same places quite a bit. He um, had his formula. Right. He, he, he has where, his formula. He knew and where so he worked. It, yeah. just, it just was like a really cool, I think, I guess backbone to the whole
0: thing because all
1: the kids are idiots. But like June
0: Patchy, like clearly knows what the fuck he's doing. Ego knows what he's doing. And I think that's that's the most brilliant part. Visually, it's really cool to see that like when people get in their zone... And you see it in like Coracle Basket. You see it in the High There's like visual tells that like these characters have gotten into their groove and zone. Yeah, they're and this, like flow state eyeball Yeah. Death. In this show, their eyes go completely like brush tone and like absolute. They like total like line spirals. Like their eyes completely change when they're finally locked into their shit. And it's really cool to see that visually. So you know, it's one of those things. Like you know, the hype is on deck. Which is really fun, like when it's when a character is like, "Yep, this is my situation," and their eyes go different, and you're like, "Yep, we're about to their, get some fucking." Their hype. eyes go
1: dummy. I th- so anyway. I just want to say, I do think the first half is extremely weak. I would say probably like sub seventy five, maybe. But wow. The, but I do think the second half is really fucking good. Like eighty eight, okay, fair. Plus. Fair. Wow, fair. So um, definitely okay. like a, a tale of two halves in my opinion. Sure. And then I do want to say the the OP and ED are really, really good through the first half.
0: Yeah, the, the, the first OP is... They be jamming, yo, and the the ED is kind of like this real like chill. the The visuals are a bit boy love energy. It's just like everyone's in a suit and everything like that. But like, I don't know if I've ever watched it, but I just listened. I did look up, and I'm like, yeah, this feels like Uria Ice kind of shit. Like everyone's just like vibing on each other. I guess that's
1: the uh, that's the um, what do they call it. Fan service.
0: It's the fan service. You want it a little bit at the end and give people keep people hooked. Right. right. But these shows do not just live in isolation. And we want to make sure that we recognize that because this this show, like we said, the context of which it came out was right around the World Cup. We couldn't help but feel that It was inspired by the World Cup and Japanese participation in it. And we had to then revisit, like, do these shows, things like Haikyuu, things like Prince of Tennis, things like, you know, Blue Lock, do they actually have an effect on the real world? And from my research, I don't know about you. Do you have anything from Blue Lock specifically? I I have some from other shows.
1: Okay, let me do Blue Lock specifically. Hit it. Hit it. So... Blue Lock as a Mongo actually came out in 2018. Okay. But okay. the show, it did come out in the same year that the Qatar World Cup was going on. Um, so, and in, in just just in pure happenstance, Japan actually played quite well in this
0: season. Like, really well, honestly, for their track right, record. Right,
1: compared to, you know, Japan normally. But they they made it into, like, pool play um in, in like into emil- uh, elimination rounds in the right, World right. Cup but um the jersey was actually designed by um Adidas Japan and they collaborated with the artists Yusuke Nomura of Blue Lock and Masaya Tsunamoto of Giant Killing which is another uh, manga anime thing to promote the, the samurai blue uniform that they wore in the World Cup this year. No shit. Uh, the two artists would post sketches of their respective protagonists wearing the official jersey online. And then every time that a game was played, they also posted, like, they would draw a picture of the main player from Japan, like real life, into the manga or into the anime Whoa. as, like, a little, like,
0: woohoo. You That's know, super cool. Kind
1: of like a cute little.
0: Yeah. I Thing mean, that, that, that that's kind of emerging, right? Is that like right. people that would read that and the, it, any fan of soccer would look at that and be like, whoa, I know that person. Or they would look at that maybe like this is more unusually real to me. And maybe that the reader of the manga could be inspired to go research and be involved with soccer. Right, so, Which so, is so there, cool. this, this
1: article was positing that it, it was like a big year for like taking actual soccer fans and getting them to watch anime. And then also like basically a big crossover year wow. where you got like wow. anime fans to actually watch soccer. And vice versa, right. I imagine. And yeah. so, so that was kind of like a really cool thing from there. So Captain Tsubasa is actually the original like big time Japanese anime for soccer. That really had really really far-reaching, um, worldwide kind of, I guess, reach and effect on Captain, actual players. Captain Subasa, yeah, is what you're saying okay. So got it. Captain Subasa is a fictional character, but he is like essentially modeled after and resembles a lot of their like really big Japanese greats. Interesting. Um, but what was so interesting about that show is it was translated into like a bunch of different languages. In particular, it was um, Spanish and Portuguese, and was a huge success in both Spain and Brazil. What a wa- Like Internet, like outside of Japan. Right. Whoa. And so okay. Um, so I'm just gonna have to dive in here on my notes because I just kind of threw it all randomly together. but um, so this Captain Subasa character who recently celebrated his 40th year anniversary. Holy um, shit has inspired millions to pick up the soccer ball over the years with footballing royalty like Alessandro Del Piero, Zinedine Zidane, and Andreas Iniesta representing but a handful of the game's icons who have publicly spoken about the impact of Subasa has had on their careers. Um Kick 360 spoke to two of the A-League's current Japanese stars To learn more about the impact of Captain Tsubasa has had on football in the land of the rising sun and on their own dreams of becoming professional footballers, veteran fullback Kosuke Oto won plenty of admirers rampaging down the left flank in in his first season of the A-League, the Japanese international proving a um, constant attacking threat for the Richard Garcia's Perth glory side. So that's like a... Australian professional league that this, Aust- this Japanese player is playing for.
0: That's incredible. Um,
1: but uh, we might never have seen him take to football pitch. If not for captain Subasa. this is a quote from Ota. When I was young, I watched captain Tsubasa and then I started playing football. We, uh, we would all watch it. There are many football comics in Japan, but I was one of the many who are greatly influenced by captain Tsubasa at the time. Baseball was a much bigger sport in Japan but after this show, it really turned it around for us, and we all wanted to play soccer. So it's, it's kind of just like this um, the show, just like genuinely, like enough forced people to play literally, it. But literally, like inspired some of the best players. Some of the real biggest players. Wow. Now, the list of players who are like inspired by him is so freaking long that I didn't... Re- didn't say them all here. Sure. Iniesta like, sure. is like one of the best players of all time. Zidane, which I can't say his name cause it's super annoying. <laughs> oh yeah. Also I get it. one of the best it. players of all time. Sure. They claim Ronaldinho who's like obviously like royalty. And, and wow. the reason is Captain Tsubasa is as a character is a Japanese player who is basically brought into the game of soccer and into the professional league by a Brazilian coach. Oh, so it no sort of shit. did this like
0: really interesting international crossover from a narrative standpoint. It's like genius, it, it, frankly. Yeah, like it's it's meant to kind of bridge that, right? And wow. so there, there's
1: quite a few actually. um This is hilarious. Like actual like Premier League players who have Captain Subasa tattooed on their legs and stuff like that. Holy shit! Right? Just like really funny Holy stuff. Shit. Um. So um, the anime inspired Japan, which went from having no professional league to forming one in 1992 to 10 years later Japan co-hosted the World Cup. Former Japanese professional footballer Hidetoshi Nakata played with AS Roma and has been ranked one of the best Asian players of all time. He played in the World Cup with the Japanese team in 1998, 2002 and 2006. He stated that Captain Subasa was the reason he chose to play football as a boy instead of baseball. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, wow. And then just really quick, this this I thought was interesting, not really related to like
0: Captain Tsubasa no.
1: making everyone play. But, sure, sure, sure. Um, so Captain Tsubasa is, is far from being the first football anime series. This was Akakichi no Irubun, released in 1970, which in Arabic was called Abtal al-Malayib, Wow, well uh, translating, done. Well done. Um, translating to Heroes of the p- the Pitch. At the time, baseball was much more popular in Japan and football was not widely played. Abtal Al-Ma'ib um, did not noticeably boost the game's popularity and it was not until Captain Tsubasa appeared on the scene, first as a manga comic in the 1980s, then as an anime series in 1983, that the football became seriously attracting younger generation. I just thought it was really interesting that there was like another, I, really the predecessor and the like progenitor essentially is right, actually right. that Akichi no Iribun or Abtal Al Maib. I don't yeah, know right. why they specifically called out the Arabic. They if did cause a the Japanese Arabic. show. I, was, I noticed that, yeah. but um, it was mentioned so many times in the article. I figured I may as well mention. You it. have to. You got to. All right, you're up.
0: Okay. <laughs> good. I mean, My uh, I voice mean, is I mean, like dead. That that was <laughs> honestly like a really good way to portray how soccer anime had affected soccer participation, but there are other sports that have had like their own anime adaptations that have had real effects. One of the big ones is not Corico basket for basketball or others that may have been like in the modern era, but there is a show called slam dunk. It's one of the great, (laughs) shows that are responsible for popularizing basketball in Japan there was a 18 to 22% increase of high school involvement in basketball between 1990 and 1996 this was when the exact years that the manga was published in shonen jump it was written and illustrated by tekihito inoue and it was a story about a guy named Sakur- sakuragi and he was a tall red-headed student that was awkward with with chicks but who joined the high school basketball team just to like get a girl like totally yeah so actually watched a little bit of slam dunk in the past the basically
1: the idea was he had been <laughs> rejected 50 times yes by girls yeah and finally found this girl that he was like super hype for and she basically says wow you're tall and like strong you should play basketball and so he does
0: it like immediately he tries out for the team just to like basically get with her exactly so the animated version came out and it was Toei Animation who uh, released it and it aired between 1993 and 1996 on TV Asahi and the reason why it was so popular was not exactly the sport or the character but the color of the uniforms. Right. Because it was red and black. Can you think of a basketball player around the 90s that cared, uh, that everyone in the world cared about because of their red and black uniform?
1: In particular, in 96. Exactly. So um, the 96 Chicago Bulls, mm-hmm. which are the exact team colors of this Kohokuru
0: or whatever the team name is. Yep. And here, it's uh, all about. Michael freaking Jordan. Dinkin' Dinkin' Freakin' (laughs) Dinkin' Jordan. And he was the talk of the town. And when I say town, I mean the entire fucking world. The whole gourd. The whole gourd. And he was basically like uh, in everyone's mind. The Chicago Bulls in 96 when his resurgence was around. And uh, this show was so like in line with the aesthetic and the concept of like the underdog team, the return of the King kind of concept in the show that there was an 18, some say 18, some uh, research I found was up like all the way to 22% like of male uh, involvement in basketball clubs in Japan solely because Of Slam Dunk.
1: Yeah, so it was so widespreadly successful within Japan, actually, that the series um, creator, Inoue, helped start a scholarship called the Slam Dunk Scholarship. Fuck off. um, for real? Where recipients of the award are given the opportunity to attend a college prep school in America where the tuition and costs are paid for in full in the hopes of creating like a Japanese... Born like professional NBA That's player. That's huge, dude. It's really cool. That's really cool. Um, and then not only was it super successful within Japan, but all of Asia actually really popped the fuck off with Slam Dunk. Um, I saw specifically Korea had a humongous influx as well of, of uh, high school players trying to play basketball, mostly to get girls, but,
0: you know, whatever. I mean, and then, come on, you're, you're going to bag a couple baddies if you can slam a dunk. And, that's all and, I'm saying. And that's absolutely that's, true. That's all I'm saying. You and can slam is, a dunk, is, you're going to get some a baddies. a fucking
1: fact. <laughs> it's an absolute fact. Um, but uh, I also saw where Taiwan had this really interesting event during uh, coronavirus. Sure. So, um, during coronavirus, as... Um, all the NBA events were shut down and the entire season was suspended um, until the bubble. Uh, Taiwan had the heavy task of entertaining thousands of basketball fans. So they uh, could, of course, air old matches or commentary. Instead, a sports network decided to air Slam Dunk instead, introducing a whole new audience to the anime and people loved it. Taiwanese social media was ablaze with praise for the show from both those who had already seen it and those who were new to the show. No shit. So it's, it's it's just one of those uh, um other situations where it's sort of the crossover, right? It's the
0: crossover effect. Like,
1: Blue Lock got people watching anime, and then also anime watchers watching soccer and vice versa, apparently. Yeah, right, people Slam who Bill. never
0: cared about anime watched like, the World Cup and were right. like, wait there's a soccer anime around the same time. They're going to like jump on that shit. Right. And
1: then one thing I'll say is I did watch a lot of actually slam dunk. It's pretty fucking long series. Low key. But oh, no, it is. It's, it, it's a it, long series. The only thing that's really tough is it's old. It is genuinely an old anime, so it's, like, not good-looking. I mean, it came out from 93 to 96. Right.
0: Toei Animation did a good job no, from what I saw. for what it is. For what it is, it's it really It does good. look
1: pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do want to say Captain Tsubasa looks like dog shit, but that's also <laughs> from the 80s. Right, and right. And, like, if you can imagine a show... That's that old that it would be translated into Portuguese and Spanish and be like played in Spain and Brazil right, in the 80s. Right. I mean, I yeah. should
0: tell you that's like it's dog, not gonna fly. It's absolute dog water for now. So other sports that actually kind of felt that effect. We talked about it a long time ago with high Q, but in 2012, at the absolute lowest point of Japanese boys involvement in volleyball clubs we had about thirty-five thousand, from what i'm seeing in the statistics 35 and boys total in all of japan 35 boys period <laughs> yeah. that's all we're talking the about one club and it's just a single club but the manga came out in 2012 and at that moment it was thirty-five thousand boys that were in Volleyball clubs in Japan, and then by 2016, it was nearly 46,000 individuals. That is a nearly 30% increase. That's huge, that's a massive increase. I would have thought the number would have been more. I gotta be honest. Well, that is all the information that I have, but I imagine it could have been even higher than that. The one that we do have that I find that was really curious, and this is not one that I found in an article, I had to do my own, like by analyzing two sets of data, this original (laughs) run was between 1999 and 2008. I went and looked at the number of players that were registered in the Japanese Tennis Association from 2000 to 2010. And in 2001, it was 10,000 individuals. Care to guess what it was in 2007?
1: 17,000 individuals.
0: 75,000 individuals. 75,000 registered players in the Japanese Tennis Association. And that was one year before Prince of Tennis finished. I'm not going to... There is no inherent uh, correlation, but I will say... Uh, it's it's big like it, this is this is a correlation that i'm making specifically here the this is I, not I an think article there, there certainly is correlation there it's just it's not a cause no yes you're right yeah it's cause correlation is not causation right but i'm just bringing it up that the i'm the, bringing that speak to you because because yes in in the te- like the 9 or 10 year run that it did have the second to last year that prince of tennis was out and airing the the uh individuals went from 10,000 to 75,000 in Japan i can't assert that that is the cause but i'm not saying it's not correlated Right. That's all I'm saying. Like, there, there is a definite linear line of involvement versus popularity with the Prince of Tennis original run. So, I, I think... Th- I did see also that
1: there's a lot of um, speculation that um, combat sports also became a lot um, more watched, like not sumo wrestling, obviously, but um, and there is sumo anime, but specifically sure. because of Hajime No Ippo... That yeah. there is a lot more, um, I guess, partakage of Japanese individuals in boxing events. And then I think a little bit um, kind of also tack on would be like Baki the Grappler with like MMA, um, some Muay Thai type stuff. So it's just like, I think a really cool, I think little snapshot, little look at how sports
0: have affected anime. Of course. And I think it's not just Japan. And I think we should end on this actual academic paper that I found titled Impact of Sports Anime on Real Sporting Behavior, an Indian Perspective. And this is from the perspective of India. (laughs) And literally a this person uh, published a completely peer reviewed paper, a Google survey form containing a self-constructed questionnaire which circulated amongst the online community in which 1,500 participants were shortlisted through a a sampling technique in where their responses were recorded to understand their perspective on sports anime and the influence it had on their own behavior. About 67% of the participants responded that they felt sports anime not only educated them, on the respective sports that they watched, but they actually adopted sporting behavior based on the shows. Like this, this is like an actual peer reviewed paper. And it showed that not only did they watch this, they watched the show and learned about the sport they're watching. Be it something like iShield, shield, be it something like high Q, be it something like, I don't know, blue lock. They took up the sport. And the the statistics were 45% took up the sport that they watched, while 67% learned more about a sport that they actually cared about and actually became a fan of the sport that they watched. Huge, massive. And you're thinking, sports anime does incur some hype. But you rarely think about the way that, like, it actually affects the watcher of like, this is a sport that I want to engage in as well. And we see it in our discord. I think people that watch these shows, they're like, I actually give a fuck about, I don't know, like volleyball. No, I kind of care about soccer. I kind of give a shit about tennis. Like, I think that people do. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not so on that page, I think. Um, but I do think it's interesting to watch, like just to watch like even documentaries about sports. Like, right. I don't right, know if you've noticed, right, yeah. but like Netflix has been investing a lot of money in like that particular, I guess, intersection where it's
0: like drive to survive, right, drive to survive point, or break full point, swing, Breakpoint, like yeah. the tennis one. Yeah. Like you're right. Like there is, there's clearly a, a market there. There's a market there and there's a recognition that sports from a humanity standpoint like competition is something that gets our blood boiling.
1: Yeah. I mean, since we're at the top of the food chain, we're not running away from like lions. We got to find a way anymore. to get, we got to find a way to get competitive you know, those land
0: sharks, <laughs> Those fucking land sharks. But yes, um, I think all in all blue lock is another entry into the sports anime genre in the modern era. I think it is something that does subvert the formula, but it's a little bit lacking behind because I think it's a little bit too it's too aggressive in its, in its mentality. I think it, it doesn't have the writing to back up its new, uh, more future sighted idea of how anime, uh, sports anime, should look in the future. But I think we'll get there at some point. Uh, we just gotta catch up. Write the characters actually for it, you know? Don't write it like it's a high cue. Write it like it should be a blue lock. Yeah. frankly yeah yeah Honestly. you know what I'm yeah. on board write it like these guys should be fucking egotistical maniacs yeah. if, you're gonna, if you're going to front that premise write your characters like they should be actual egotistical maniacs and yeah. i think we have a fucking platinum hit on our hands but we're not there yet but we will get there but thank you by season 2 <laughs> by season 2 the thank you for coming to this fun educational class i hope that if you aren't a sports fan Find a sports that you like, a sports, a sports ball yeah, a game, sp- a sports ball, a sports ball uh, that you like, you know, a fitness thing. And honestly, there is an anime for the sports that you'd like. If you want to come talk to us about Blue Lock or any of the sports anime that we have talked about in the past, you can jump into our discord for one dollar and up at patreon.com slash Shubology. It'll get you into the discord with all of our past guests and our lovely Patreon folk who have been talking about, you know, uh, all the recent uh, seasonal shit but if you want to have a little extra content three dollars and up get you the syllabus sidebar our lo-fi high vibe sometimes anime sometimes not sometimes visual and sometimes on hiatus show where you talk about life and things and stuff that can't fit into this bucket you would think that sports would fit into that bucket but today it fit into this bucket <laughs> weirdly enough i it's just sometimes it, it we have happens a lot of way. buckets yeah we have a lot of buckets but it was yes. alone
1: kfc had to buy one get one it had a bogo
0: situation it's a bogo Come we're on. losing money to Please, not go honestly we, we we did lose a good bit of money not going <laughs> but frankly but yes if you want to contact us it's in the description wherever you're listening to this wait you're listening to this somewhere Ethan, they're listening to this somewhere right I now. guess
1: there's probably like 200 plus other episodes that they could check I out. I think
0: that's 100% true. Go over two clicks over and down. You have 200 plus content hours of shit that we have talked about oh, anything you love in the anime space we have probably talked about something in that genre i guarantee Go. we've talked about Literally, one show that you like yeah we have <laughs> talked about at least one show that you have loved if you want to give us some old school love you podcast at gmail.com it's in the links just tell us hi we've had someone recently tell us about a show and i think it's something we've actually watched a little bit of and i think we should do it soon because i i do think that who they uh, suggested was actually Viable a Viable for good content Viable It's a viable pick So thank you for suggesting that one You will be shouted out when we eventually do it I don't know if we will actually do it you know, It's I'm, on the list It's on the list We will say it's on the list But until <laughs> we actually finally go back to that dusty old list I'm Ricky And I'm Ethan And this has been WeBology <laughs> Deuces. Deuces We gotta dust that list off together. Yeah oops. Just so- <laughs> Just Where'd it window. go? <laughs> it's, it's under the stack. It's under the stack.